stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week we're joined once again by Zach's stock strategist, David Bartosiak, who is here to show us some charts. We are going to be doing this on the video podcast as well as the regular podcast, so we're going to try to be as specific as we can for those of you who are listening, but if you get a chance, definitely go over to our YouTube channel to check out the actual video so you can see everything we're talking about, and Dave is going to basically take us through his steps, how he uses the 50 and 200-day moving averages, because there's many of us who only invest as fundamental traders, or we might be new to trading, and we hear all these terms that people, you know, throw out there about charts like the 200 and uh, 50 day moving averages. And we, we wonder kind of what does that mean? So this is just kind of a basic podcast on what, what does those terms mean? Uh, what do they show you if you start using them on a chart for stocks? And, uh, Dave is going to share all of his expertise with us and give a bunch of examples on how you can use it and what it's telling us here on this episode. So I'm excited about it because we haven't really done that much on charting on the podcast because we didn't have the video podcast previously, but we do now. And so welcome to the show, Dave. Well, thanks for having me. Okay. So. Um, I'm a fundamental investor. I'm I'm very much don't use that many charts, and uh, I I only learned about the 50 and the 200 day moving averages from you because we have some meetings at the office amongst all of the Zach strategists, and you've talked about them many times over the years. And I always really enjoy those discussions because it does show me a new world and a new way of looking at stocks that the fundamentals really just don't do. So what are they? What are these moving averages? And why should we care? So um, in the simplest terms, I guess, a, a moving average is just the average of a stock's closing price over the last X amount of days. So the 50-day moving average is the average of its price over the last 50 days. The 200 days average over the last 200 days. And that's expressed as a line on the chart. Because as you can imagine, as each day comes in, that a new number enters the sequence and an old number falls out of the sequence. So you have this look back period of 50 or 200 days or, you know, whatever number you want to make up, but the 50 and the 200 are the most popular. Um, and so you plot that on a chart and that number will change over time. So what's important for technical analysts out there is not only where, what level that 50 or 200 day moving average is at, but also where is the current price in relation to that moving average and since that moving average is expressed like as a line on the chart, then you can start breaking down things like, okay, well, what's the slope of that moving average? You know, you can think back to your uh, algebra one classes back in the day, uh, y equals mx plus b, where you're getting the slope of a line. So you start to look at that kind of thing, and then we can see the curvature of that line. Is it rolling over? Is it going, you know, one way or the other? So there's a lot that you can glean from these moving averages. You can complicate it as much as you want too. Um, there's all types of different calculations of the moving average. So most of the time when people say, 
the 50 day or the 200 day, we're referring to just that, that simple moving average where you're just taking that closing price and doing and, and, and taking the average of the last 50 or 200 days. There's also different calculations that will put a higher weight on the more recent days. Um, there's also ones that might use the average of that, of a range of any given day. So there's all different types of ways to make your calculations. But, uh, at the, at, at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is get a gauge for the trend of whatever it is that you're looking at. So let's, for example, let's take a 200 day moving average. So if the S and P 500 is trading above its 200 day moving average, it's in a longer term uptrend, right? Because if the price today is higher than it has been on average over the last 200 days, then that implies that we're trending higher. And then on the flip side too, if it's below that level, then you know we're trending lower. And recently, it's been pretty important to talk about these things because the major market averages are all really starting to interact with their 50 and 200 day moving averages. And it's telling us things are, are changing in the market. So that that's the, um, I guess that's the, the elevator pitch uh, for the, uh, you know, the 50 and the 200 day moving averages. So, so what I wanted to do here is go ahead and go on zax.com and show you specifically how you can use the tools that we have available at Zax to do some pretty advanced charting um, through through Zax.com, through one of our partners, and that's TradingView, which is built into Zax.com. So it's, it's pretty cool, and uh, it's a very powerful tool um, that you can use. So, Okay, time out. Before we go into that, I just had, and this might be a dumb question, do I have to use the 50 and the 200 at the same time, or can I just look at the 50 or just look at the 200, or is it do people normally look at them both combined? So the um, sort of the granddaddy of them all is the 200-day moving average. That's the most widely used. And oftentimes that will be used just by itself. Um, and then the 50-day the is often used in conjunction with the 200-day. It's more rare for somebody to just use the 50-day. But if you use the 50 and the 200, that's when you start to get into these things where people talk about the the golden cross or the death cross. You know, that has a lot to do with the 50 day and the and the 200 day interacting with each other. But you can use, you know, there's people who use what you call what they call moving average envelopes, which are multiple time frames of moving averages on the same chart. So it'll literally be like the five. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, like, and you had this huge, vast array. Yeah. Um, which is, which, which is cool to see. Like it looks pretty on a chart, but it might be a little bit of information overload for, uh, you know, especially when you're, when you're just getting started with technical analysis for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying to keep it basic. For sure. Um, so, uh, I want to show you here. So on zax.com, if you pull whatever ticker, I, I just happen to put NVIDIA in here because that's just what everybody loves talking about nowadays. Um, and it did pop up. I don't know if you saw it. It is a Zach's ranked number one strong buy right now, um, despite the stock selling off a little bit. Uh, on the left side of Zach's.com is where you have all types of different pages you can click through to. Um, 
varying from, you know, Zach's research to other research to charts to financials. So if you're in the charts section on Zach's.com, interactive charts is something that you can highlight and click. And what that does is it pulls up a window where there is that interactive chart, like I said, through our partner um, trading view. And there you can do whatever you want. I'm going to go ahead and just pop this out. You can pop it out um, by pressing a button in the in the upper right. It kind of looks like a square with an arrow to the to the top right corner of the of the square. So that will pop up a brand new chart. And then I usually just maximize it just so I can see things a little bit better. Now, it's really intimidating when you first pull up a chart because there are so many little widgets and things that are happening on the chart, right? You can kind of go cross-eyed um, trying to figure out what's happening. But the most important elements of the chart and the default chart on Zacks, you have across the bottom of the Y-axis, I mean, I'm sorry, the bottom of the X-axis is time. So you'll have the, uh, you know, the current date and going back from there, all the trading days, Going back, you know, typically it's about a year in the in the default, and you can zoom in and out on that just by, you know, if, if you have like a track, uh, one of those wheels on your mouse, you can you can zoom in and zoom out on the time frame, and then on the right y axis, that's where you have the price, so that gives you the sort of your 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 basics, and then along that bottom x axis, you're typically they have volume candles, so the, the higher candles are higher volume. The lower candles are lower volume. They color code them in the default where red are down days and, and green are uh, up days for volume. Then the other default here is what you call the uh, open, high, low, and close bar. Okay, So on any given day, so for example, I'm looking at August 24th on NVIDIA. And if you scroll your mouse over that or click on it, You'll see the open was 502.16, the high was 502.66, the low was 471.59, stock closed at 471.63. So you get all that information just from one little one little line there, one little blip, which is which is cool. Now there are several different chart types you can use. Okay, you can change this open, high, low, close to candles, or you can just make it a line or whatever. I don't want to get into that part of, of the charting basics here because um, there's there's really no reason to, to change what's there um, when we're talking about moving averages. I'm just going to leave it sort of as is. Uh, so moving averages are indicators, right? Technical indicators. So you can add those easily on the chart just by going to this little button that says indicators, which is up top top towards the the, the, the center um, the centermost button on the top and then you're gonna see all of these crazy things pop up accumulation distribution are not Lego moving average I don't know who are not is but he can let his moving average go uh, Bollinger bands you know um, chicken oscillators commodity channel and I mean it goes on and on right this is where I always get confused. I like look at the list and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with all this? Ignore it. <laughs> okay. So we're just going to go moving average, simple, right? That's it. That's what I want to do. And I'm just going to click and put in the first one. And when you do that, 
it defaults in this case to the nine period moving average. And I know that because in the top left of the screen, it says SMA nine. Okay. Um, so when you highlight over that, there's a little cog that pops up. It's settings. When you click on that, this is where you can tweak everything on this. So because I want people to be able to see this, okay, one of the things I'm going to do is right away, we're going to put 200 for the length, right? So that's our moving average. Then on visibility, or I mean, rather style, I'm going to change the line. We can keep it blue. Um, but if you click on the blue part, then you can change the thickness to about as thick as it gets. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to a nice, big, thick blue line, and I'm just going to press OK. So now what this has done is it has taken NVIDIA and calculated this 200-day moving average over various periods of time. Now I'm going to zoom out on the chart, zoom all the way out so we have all the data from mid-2018 till today. And one of the things you're going to notice is that even a great stock like NVIDIA has periods of time where it is trading below its 200-day moving average. And what I've done here, well, I started doing it the right way. Hang on, let me erase right here at the edge. So I've sort of highlighted areas where NVIDIA was trading below its 200-day moving average. And then I left alone the areas where um, it was above its 200-day moving average. Let me make this a little more clear. And right now, it is definitely above it. Right now, we are well oh, above, yeah. right? So Yeah, way above. Exactly. So right now, NVIDIA is up at 422, and the 200-day moving average is down at 317.59. Okay. So one thing you will note, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom in again. So again, just with your mouse, you can use that mouse wheel to zoom in or zoom out. And then you can click and just drag the chart, however, wherever you want to go. So I'm going to drag it back to the 2018, 2019 and just show what happened near that 200-day moving average. So NVIDIA sort of runs out of steam. The 200-day moving average acts as a little bit of an attractor for the price. And for several days after coming below that moving average, it tests it. So it, it's trying to get back above it and ultimately it fails, right? So that's when, when you see that, that's when you know things aren't going to go so great, okay? Um, and inevitably, the stock ended up going much lower, right? So all the way Wasn't down. 2018 when they missed and they guided lower or something? I believe so, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before so. things really got awesome over at it. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit shaky there. Um, and then now, just as that used to be that resistance, the stock comes up above, runs out of steam again. So it just wasn't quite ready to break on through. And you're going to see several times on this chart where – Either the stock goes a little bit above the 200-day, a little bit below the 200-day, but it keeps getting pulled back in because just so much action happens there because so many people use the 200-day moving average as an entry point, right? So, so this is where the battles happen 
It's the Bulls versus the Bears at that 200-day moving average. And with so many people looking at it, it ends up becoming a battleground for these stocks. And you can see other periods of time. So here we are in 2020 where we come down, flirt with breaking down below. But those technicians at home that are bullish on NVIDIA say, no, it's below that 200-day. I'm going to start buying here. And inevitably, it goes on that run, right? So and several times along the way, you see a bounce at the 200 days. So March 2021, there's a bounce. May 2021, there's a bounce. Um, and so on and so forth. So with the stock here at 422.39, the way I use a 200-day moving average on NVIDIA is I say, well, the real support for NVIDIA could be all the way down at this 200-day moving average. There's also a big gap up. Um, that we had on earnings, uh, which the price is likely to, to end up going towards that anyway. But the point is, if you're using the 200 day in your analysis, you're going to see that there's another hundred bucks of downside or 33% on NVIDIA or 25% rather on NVIDIA to the downside if it were just to come down and test its 200 day moving average. That's kind of a long way down, right? Um, not something that you know investors want to see. Um, so that, that's, that's NVIDIA. And I, the only reason that I did that initially is because I just wanted to show how you can use Zax.com to now pull up this very powerful charting tool, um, where you can do all types of cool stuff. So now I'm just going to, so I, I kind of cheat, right? Cause I know all day I'm typing in tickers to this charting platform, right? So I'm going to use the NASDAQ composite here. I just wanted to show some sort of broad market stuff using just the 200 day, you know, to, to, to give, give us all some perspective. So we've got that 200 day moving average on the NASDAQ composite down at 12,491. While we're doing this here on, on Tuesday, uh, September 26th, NASDAQ is, is a little over 13,000. It's 13,081. So, a little bit of downside still left for the NASDAQ composite. Um, if it's going to test that. But that that is the whole point, right? You do expect it to test the 200-day moving average, right? At some point, it always does. Um, because what happens is, over time, even with the stock... So let's say the... If the stock... Or I mean, or if the NASDAQ stayed at 13,000 forever, Right. What would happen is, since 13,000 is more than 12,491, this moving average would start to tick up, you know, it keep getting closer and closer and closer, and eventually it would touch. So it's a statistical or a mathematical inevitability that the price and the 200-day touch. It's just the matter in which they do and what's happening, right? So um, in, in the NASDAQ had an incredible run of being above its 200-day moving average. In the coming out of the post-COVID lows um, in 2020, the NASDAQ composite did not come down under its 200-day until January of 22. So that is a very long period of time for it to not have a retest, right? And that's because it was in this really strong uptrend. Um, and since then... You know, things haven't been as good. We're still well off of the, you know, of the highs there. 
Uh, and, and if you look at this, you're starting to see a little bit of downside action like you saw in 2022. Sure feels like you're, you're seeing that right now coming down towards that 200 and moving average. That's on the NASDAQ composite, which is going to affect, you know, a stock like NVIDIA, right? Since it's such a big chunk of that. Um, let's look at the S&P 500. Of course, this time it decided to pull up something. Oh, sorry. Only when you're doing a live podcast does it give you up. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up cheating and just do SPY here if this isn't gonna let me do this. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna do SPY. I'll just do that. It's close enough. Yeah, it so one of the things <laughs> I kinda one of the things about um the the, the trading view through Zax.com, um you have uh, you know, certain data packages that you can sign up for with TradingView. And so you get sort of the default data package when you're on Zax.com, which, you know, you have to stick to uh, ETFs and stocks and things like that for the most part. Or um, So anywho, uh, but but here's SPY, which mirrors the S&P 500. And you're going to see a very similar situation where, you know, back in April, um, a little bit later for the S&P, though, um, in uh, in I think it was June almost by the time. Yeah, the end of May is finally when we got above the 200-day. And then uh, came back down again, January of 2022. And then now we have a similar situation where we didn't quite get to the highs. And uh, there's some downside action. Um, so you're going to see that a lot. Now, now, See, now I'm nervous on which one of these is going to pop up. There we go. Okay, we're good. Getting to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, this is this is great today. Well, I guess it depends on who you are. If you're a bear, um, this is pretty significant to see. I mean, I guess it's significant for everybody, but the bears are definitely cheering right now because today is the day that the Dow Jones Industrial Average um, has come down under its 200-day. And barring a, a rally into the bell, it looks like we're going to close under that level. Last time we really did that was in March of 2023, where we had several days bouncing around down underneath that 200-day moving average before something, uh, you know, before the stock, the, the the market rallied a little bit, and we've had a bunch of retests already. So just going back to November of 2022, you know, you have periods of time, one, two, three, four. Now this is going to be the fifth period of time where we have been at or below the 200-day moving average on the Dow Jones. Um, part of that, and, and I alluded to this in my intro, kind of that it, it also matters the, the slope of this line, right? The 200-day. So when the 200-day starts to level off and go sideways, um, it, it tells you that the market has been chopping within a narrow range for a while. Because if you think about it, if you're, like, you're right where you were 200 days ago, you haven't really been moving anywhere, right? You're just going, you're just going sideways. And that's one of the, the basics that you can use the 200-day to figure out is, are we in an uptrend, are we in a downtrend, or is this market range-bound? So when you see a 200-day that's virtually unchanged, you're range-bound, right? But you don't need technical analysis to look at this chart and say, oh, yeah, the Dow is just kind of chopping around between, uh, you know, these 3,000 levels, these 3,000 points. 
Um, so that's where we're at. And then as you zoom out, you'll notice that um, this happens from time to time where the Dow kind of steps up into a certain level and chops around it for a little bit. And then it steps up to another level and then it chops around for a little bit. Um, it's like it, it keeps taking the stairs and then it sort of sits around. Um, that is that is a uh, sort of market phenomenon that has been very widely studied. And so, so when you're, when you're really bored, Tracy, and you're having trouble sleeping, um, look up Darvis boxes and uh, Darvis boxes. Yeah, and that's basically a, uh, it's a trader, uh, Nicholas Darvis, I believe his name was. And he came up with this theory that the market sort of chops in between key levels and then it runs away. So he would just wait till it popped off the top side of a box and then he would go and then sort of ride it um, for, you know, as long as he could. So it's like constantly taking the stairs and stopping the stairs and stopping. Anyway, Darvis boxes when you're when you're having trouble sleeping, go ahead and read about those. Now, does it only break out, break out or can it break down? Oh, it definitely can break down. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that. You know, specifically like today, we're worried about that, right? We're worried about this Dow Jones industrial average breaking down underneath this 200 day and doing something dramatic like it did in September of, you know, 2022 or the, the fall of 2022, right? That's what we're worried about right now. Um, so that's, you know, so, so that's how you use the, the 200 day. I'm going to throw in another wrinkle here but before I do. Okay. We're not going to, they're not going to let me use the Russell. Huh? What about this one? Nope. Okay. I'm going to use IWM as proxy for the Russell. Um, and this is the Russell chart is um, going to be the most depressing of all of them based on the, uh, the 200 day. Right. And uh, how long it's really, I mean, it spent most of 2022 and a good chunk of 2023, you know, below, that 200 day moving average. There's really only been, you know, about a month in or two months in the start of the year that we were above that 200 day. And then from about June till recently and, and the rest of it has just been just downside action. Um, but this is more, you know, where the floor is and the Russell is 1700 and, and below. Right. But, Anyway, I wanted to add that extra wrinkle here for you, Tracy, of the 50-day moving average. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to click on indicators. We're going to get that simple moving average in here. Uh, we're going to go back to the settings. And instead of 200, we're going to type 50. And then for the style, instead of blue, let's go with, uh, let's go with red. Or I think that's red. No, here's red. Okay, red, and then orange. also make, yeah, make it. One. I like orange and blue, you know, for the mighty Evanston Wildcats, but that's okay. We're going to go red and, red and blue. Um, and so so what does this added wrinkle give us? Well, I, I, I feel like this is most useful when you are trying to understand when has this awesome trend ended. So, for example, the post-COVID run-up, See the 50-day really skyrocketing. Then it starts to go sideways, blips up, and then boom, 
So this right here is that dreaded death cross when the 50-day crosses below the 200-day. Now, I will say- And what, what's the date? That was 2022, the start of 2022. Yeah. So that's one of the few times that it worked, okay? Because if you think about it, 50-day, that's lagging 50 days behind where the price is now. The 200-day is 200 days behind where the price is now, right? So the, the interaction of a couple of moving averages, when you're going from an uptrend into a big downtrend, that 50 will cross under that 200. However, in a range-bound market, like you have with the Russell recently, you're going to get so many false signs. So we have, boom, a golden cross on January, you know, let's call it the 25th, right? And then we only went up a little bit and then came crashing back down. Then, boom, you have a dreaded death cross on April 20th. Well, there wasn't too much further downside action after that so-called death cross came, right? Just kind of bottomed out. And then, boom, you have another golden cross that occurred. So in range-bound markets, these moving average crosses are useless. Um, okay. They're going <laughs> to constantly happen and give you false signals. And then when finally the one time that the market does break down, then they're going to proclaim that they're right. You know, Chicken Little, who was screaming about the sky falling the whole time, you know, something actually falls and then they're going to proclaim victory like those perma bears that are out there, Tracy. But right now on the chart, we, we do have it's below the 200 moving average, but the 50 day is still really elevated. So it seems like we're going to have much more downsize until that 50 day actually goes below. Is that how you would read it? Um, that yeah, that this 50 day wants to cross underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going okay. to, with, as long as the price is down here, that's going to happen. Um, but then there are also times, I want to find a time when the 50-day almost came under. Um, was going to give you doom and gloom, and then it didn't happen, right? Here's a good one. This is a good one. So here we are in August 2017. The 50-day, and, and again, the cool part of about this in retrospect, right? We can we can kind of shut it here. Oh, so here we go. Armageddon, Tracy. You've got the Russell 2000 breaking down under that 200-day moving average. The 50A is rolling over. It looks like it's in inevitably going to give you the death cross. It doesn't happen. Then the market rallies, right? So... It was coming, it was coming, it was coming. Like, here's at the end. It's, it's, it's all over. And then, nope, market finds a way. Market finds a bid, you know? Um, so they're fun to look at. And if you notice with the 50-day, in a, in a solid uptrend, that 50-day is going to act like that 200. It's constantly going to give you that added boost along that along your trend path. So... Be, then that's how you can use it, right? If, if, if you're in an uptrend on, on a stock or index or commodity or whatever, you're, you're well above your 200-day moving average and you're kind of coming in and looking for support, that 50-day can really come into play and become a little bit of a boost. Now, what were we talking about before that was very far away from its 200-day moving average? It was NVIDIA. Now, how close is it to its 50-day? Well, it interacted with its 50-day in August, 
dipped under, then had a nice rally up over. But then more recently, a failure at the 50-day, and it's been selling off a little bit. So folks hoping for a reversion to the mean want that 50-day to come back into play, but it doesn't always. And then even on, even when things are nasty and the stock is underneath that 200-day, sometimes that 50-day can give you a little bit of hope. Like, oh, we're going to turn things around. And then when you get the failure at the 50-day and you're already beneath the 200, that's what you don't want to see. So Okay. So that was in 2022 for NVIDIA. Yeah, like that's, that's not good. When you're below the 200, you're below the 50, and you fail at the 50 or, or you try to get above the 50 and you fail, that is where the doom and gloom really comes in. That is like the, that's the inverse of when it's on that rally and it pulls back to the 50-day for support and it keeps going, right? Can we look at some stocks that have been failing to see, like, what does it look like on those charts? Like for Disney, oh, yeah. for example, Perfect. that's been on a downward slope for a long time. Look at how nasty this is. I mean, when did Disney really get gross, right? Um, after we realized that their streaming platform wasn't going to be the end all be all for them. Um, you get this. What year is that? So here we are in late 2021. Here's the 200 day, which is the most important breakdown below that 200 day for Disney is what happened. And then it tried to get back over that 50 and look, it kept getting rejected at the 50. And then you had the big gap down. I don't believe it was an earnings report. Uh, And then, and then forget about it. And, And that was the beginning of the end. And then, Several times along this path, you've had a little bit of hope where Disney rallied. The early 2022 rallied up, but only got to that 50-day and then sold off again. Um, In February of 2022, got up above the 50-day. Looked like it was going to make a move at the 200, fails again. And then there are so many times along the path where it fails at that 50-day. Finally, things look like they might have been turning around in July of 2022. Because you get above the 50-day on Disney, then a little bit of a boost there. But that 200-day was just so strong. The resistance there was so strong that, again, failed again. And then the next time it came up to retest that 50-day, what happened? Failure, 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 you know? Um, And then as you have these hopeful bounces, um, the dreams just get shattered each and every time. Yeah, that was, it did go over the 200 day though uh, in 2023, right? To start off the year. It was looking great. Um, and then it all, it all fell apart and it is still active. I would call this an active dumpster fire okay. um, cause it is still burning. It's still both below people. both. Yeah. Yeah. And the most recent was a rejection of the 50 day and a move lower. Um, that's about as ugly as it gets. Um, I have one other chart that I did want to look at on the downside, uh, not to stay with the negative, but Walgreens WBA. It it's also been similarly disturbing on the chart. Yeah, real, real similar. And again, and sometimes when to try to get above that. So one thing I talk about a lot in uh, surprise trader and blockchain innovators is something I call escape velocity. So it is uh, a stock's ability to, to 
pull away from the 200-day moving average. And Walgreens has not had it. Um, when it looks like it's going to happen, it just rolls over. And this thing has been rolling over. And it's just getting uglier. Constant rejections of the 50-day, which is already below the 200-day. Um, and it's, it just doesn't look great. It's not anywhere even close to the 50-day right now. No. And obviously not the right 200. Now, you know, you've got the 50-day at 26.31. The 200-day is at 32.29. And the stock is at 21.12. So, um even a, it's not you know, good. No, yeah. even a, a, a 20% <laughs> um, move would, yeah. wouldn't break its downtrend. Think about that. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. What about on the flip side now? Let's get to something a little bit better because we were talking about NVIDIA, but what about like Elf Beauty? What about a stock like that? It's had a huge run yeah, but it's this sold year. Off pretty, pretty bad here. Has it? Okay. I haven't looked at it in oh, a yeah. while. So this will be just, a good one. Oh, I was just talking about this was my bull of the day the other day. And I talked about it in my top, top stock picks of the week. Um, but here you do see that really constructive run where it's bouncing off, interacting nicely with its 50 day along the upside move. It failed there a couple weeks ago. So September 18th, last week, um, last Monday. And then Almost got back down to its 200 day, but now there's been a couple of there's there's some there's a bit here, and and we're up today nicely, um, which is which is or is this today or yesterday? Yeah, this is today, which is saying something given um, you know the rest of the broad market today. Uh, so all of so this is under the 50 day, but above the 200. So this really it hasn't broken down. This is just a right. a correction or a pullback right now. Yeah, it's a pullback right now. Um, it's not a it's not a huge shift yet. Um, so what I what you have to worry about here, if you if you like ELF, is that 50 day is up at 123.62. The stock's at 109.88. 200 day down at 91.73. So I'd be looking to see if this does trickle up to the 50 day, what happens? So what happens at the 50 day is going to be very important because um, it does look like we've got a little bit of a bid here um, that, that could take it to that 50 day before we have to worry about any sort of retest of that 200. But when these stocks are in strong uptrends, they don't break below 50 days like this. So that's a, that's a hint that, uh, you know, the, the good, the real strong move is, is in the rear view mirror. Okay. That's good to know. That's a good tip. Um, what about Cintas? I know you own it in the surprise trader and it just reported earnings on today on September 26th. It was another beat and they raised, but okay. This is an interesting chart too. Yeah. Um, this has been the quarter of the beat raise sell-off. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't tell. It, it's nauseating for me, obviously, as the guy surprise trader. Um, it's just constant. I've, I've seen it again and again and again and again. And one thing I tell people is that um, typically the day after earnings, you get a nice spike in volume. because There's a lot of people trading that stock. There's a lot of eyes on it. When 
institutional money wants to peel off um, part of their holdings, they're going to want to use a high volume day to do so. So there's someone out there looking to sell regardless of what that earnings report was going to be. So as they're de-risking their portfolio, this is what ends up happening. What I think in these situations is, you know, we don't buy after a report in Surprise Trader, but these are like the perfect opportunities to buy after reports. When you have a really good report, everything looks good, and the stock sells off for some, you know, whack-a-doodle reason. Um, there was a stock last week that I was, I was talking, oh, AutoZone. Um, everything was fine. Like, everything was great, and except for the growth in their commercial segment that was, you know, some part of some initiative they were trying to, you know, get bigger. And that wasn't as fast as like O'Reilly's was. And that was the excuse that they used to beat up the stock. I mean, no, it's nonsense. That's, that's not why there's, there's a big player that was peeling off some of their holdings. So we've been seeing that um, pretty consistently here uh, in the market where, you know, people are, they're just peeling out and then it's leading to these first day blowups for no reason. And uh, it's very frustrating um, to see. Yeah. So Cintas has gone below the 50 days on today's sell off. I think it's down like 4% or something, but that's a pretty big move for it. And uh, we'll see, it's still above the 200 and, you know, it's, we're going to have to wait and see over the next several sessions, right? Yeah, like it's what, another, what it does. 13 bucks north of, the, of that level. Um, sort of level that it's at now is, is right where the August sell-off took it. Um, and it, it seems like there's a little bit of a shelf there in June and July. So this is sort of a key level, you know, for that out, outside of, you know, what we're just seeing in our, um, in our moving average analysis. All right. Um, any other interesting charts you want to share before we wrap uh, up? I think I'm going to do one more. I'm just going to look at crude oil. Okay. Um, just because this, you know, this most recent run um, feels like oil really went far because it, it, it did. I mean, we went from 70 or uh, from the high 60s to uh, 92 in pretty short order. Um, and now here we are hovering at 89. But, you know, if this is a stock, we're buyers, right? You got um, a, a push up through the 50 day, through the 200, uh, a retest of the 200 and the 50 because you got your golden cross and then it's it's rallying higher. So I'd be waiting on a, another retest of the 50 day to get long. And uh, that that's how I would look at at uh, at crude. Are the are the energy stocks? looking like this chart too, like a Chevron so, CVX. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just pulled up the XLE. Um, just oh, okay. That'll work too. Yeah. Um, and it is similar. I mean, the, the bottom sort of happened at the same place. It did get through its 50 and it's 200 a moving average. Um, but these stocks have come down to retest or at least come within a retest of the 50 day. They're closer to it than the uh, underlying commodity is. And part of that is obviously the broad market weakness that we've been seeing for sure. And then, um, you know, obviously the Russell 2000 has a decent chunk of, uh, you know, energy inside of it too. Um, and, and so that selling pressure is, is definitely showing up. Uh, but I'll pull up Chevron too. just so you can. Yeah. Let's see what one of the big 
the big caps looks like. So not as not as volatile, I'd say. Still the same basic component though of being below that 50, below that 200, and then ticking up above it. But it's really not getting that escape velocity I was talking about. Sort of sideways here. Um, so I I would I would guess that you're going to get some chopping around. You know, that 50 day is going to chop up here and the stock maybe comes down and chops around and is range bound as this 200 day is almost horizontal. You know, um, that range bound is uh, the name of the game there on Chevron. This seems kind of not bearish, but, uh, you know, not bullish, this chart. It's not bullish. I mean, no. It's not overly bullish. I mean, it, it has a couple of components. I mean, it is above its 200-day moving average. You do see the 50-day that's coming into play, but um, I think overall this is just more of a range-bound play than you know the start of a, of a serious trend higher. Well, that's why I have you on the podcast, Dave, because you make it all seem so easy to look at these charts and you know uh, see some cool trends in all of them using just these two moving averages or even just the 200-day. You could see a lot of these cool trends as well. So um, I'll have you back on and we can discuss some more charts and maybe maybe we'll we'll do an episode about what all those other moving indicators are. Like if there's any cool ones on there that we want to talk about, uh, because I never know. Yeah, we can we can start, you know, you can add wrinkles to this, um, you know, and get it as complicated as you want. So uh, but I, I try to, you know, simple is simple is the best, I think, the best way to go here, because you can really um, you, you have so many indicators that, you know, they're all just going to contradict each other. And then the one time that they all line up together, that's when the market is going to go the opposite way anyway. So, you know, <laughs> you just right. 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 There's no sure things even in charting, obviously. Um, okay. Let me recap a lot of the stock tickers we did mention on the show today. So there was NVIDIA, of course, NVDA. We started with them. We had uh, ELF, ELF Beauty, E-L-F, Disney, D-I-S, we had Walgreens, WBA, Cintas is C-T-A-S. We talked about Chevron there, C-V-X. Uh, the energy uh, ETF that he showed was XLE. And then he did show the Russell 2000. You can look at that through the IWM ETF or and the S&P 500. We use the SPY, S-P-Y, to look at that uh, chart as well. But as always, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Market Edge, either on audio or on video. You can get the videos on zax.com slash YouTube on our YouTube page, but you can get all the audios on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on SoundCloud. Just about anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find us. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. 
No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's Investment Research as a whole.